So, Anne, welcome once again back to Crit Apocalypse, episode... I don't know. 61? <laughs> sure, why not? It's something around that number, right? Like yeah. 61, 62, 63? I don't know, I don't know. So, Anne, how, how are you finding yourself this week? We've been away for an extra week. You've been in Scotland. Yeah, yeah. I went how to was Scotland? It was alright, I ate some really hot chilies and put them in curries and then made sauce from it and put that in the curry as well and then burnt a little bit but it's fine it burnt a little bit where um entry and exit entry and exit yeah see I had when I ate the uh, Trinidad Narigu ghost pepper thingy yeah basically scorpion scorpion Narigu I don't know anyway basically I just took it I bit bit it pulled the stem out chewed it for 30 seconds and then swallowed it and I don't know what your experience with chili was like, because we don't know the Scoville scale for your one. But Apparently this... it was like, it's, the Scoville scale is meant to be 1.1 million. Yeah. But um, we chopped it up and chopped it in a dish, yeah, so... Yeah. yeah. See, with my experience, I could taste this everywhere. I could taste oh. this in my teeth. Nice. I couldn't I couldn't get, like, my teeth suddenly had taste buds. Not to say that I'd lick my teeth and I could taste it. It was in every every single nook and cranny of my mouth, leading all the way down my nerves, throat. Man. It was just everywhere. It was awful. Yeah. But I, you know, that, that might come with chewing it for 30 seconds before I swallowed it. Yeah. But then I started feeling a bit ill. So I was like, I'm going to go upstairs, sit on the toilet. This is probably going to come out pretty quick. Didn't come out very quick. No. And then I started getting cold sweat. So I went into the bathroom and I was splashing cold water on my face. No, like, you wouldn't yogurt. Like, trying to sort myself out. I had a little bit of milk, but uh, but then I just vomited everywhere. Still came out. Good. Yeah. Good. But it was, it was, one, but that was 2.5 million. Which is pretty bad. I don't. I don't ever recommend it's doing that. Go ratings nonsense. <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah, that was that. That's awful. But other than that, you had a great time. Maybe. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, why not? Fantastic time away. I went away the week before that. I went to Scarborough. Yeah. yeah. I went to a spa yeah. with my girlfriend for her birthday. Queer. Yeah. It was all right. Did hydrotherapy. I almost passed out in a sauna. Good. I. Uh, you know. Had a lot of fun times. Pretty sure no one should get in that pool ever again. I'm I'm almost 100% sure I started a new strain of Legionnaire's disease in that pool. No, that's good. Like a concentrated version. That's gross. Probably. Anyway, um, what I was going to ask you before we start the podcast, because we've got a little bit of a nostalgic trip to our podcast today. Got a couple of little bits that we're going to press on, we're going to talk about. Doubtful. Probably doubtful. I'm just going to review future stuff I haven't seen yet. <laughs> Seeing as I'm so spot on it's about Mass Effect. how you get the views. It's how you get the views. Yeah. Mass Effect, you yeah. mean Mass Effect? Uh, <laughs> the way we pull the same yeah. things. <laughs> um, anyway, so right, so nostalgia trip. If there is any series that you could have brought back into a live action movie, yeah, cheese and all. What what series would you have brought back? Um, I don't know anything. I just turned the volume down on the mic because it was peaking every single word we oh, said. Oh right, shit, sorry. Yeah. Like everything, yeah, everything was yeah, peaking. That's weird. That never usually happens. So no. I'm guessing it was just the settings reset themselves. Yeah, is that full volume? Ah, I just looked. It's crazy. Maybe there's something to do with the wire. Because you change the wire. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, know. so I would like to see Dino Riders. Oh no, I was going to go say um, Renegade. Renegade. Yeah. <gasps> Cows of Moon Mesa. No, Renegade starring Lorenzo Lamas. Oh. He's no. a cop who committed the ultimate sin of testifying against his own men in court, and now he's on the run from those men but is he still helping a police people. Officer? Technically, but he's off doing detective work now because everyone's after him. But wait, and he rides on his motorbike and he helps people. 
so surely if he's a police officer and there are other police officers coming to get him yeah why why does he not home alone up some sort of building that he knows is abandoned kill them all and then say it was self defence no no he's too good for that he's a good guy does he kill people in the programme no no he's always good he saves everyone does he ever shoot anyone Probably, I don't know. It's well, I mean, 90s, like, man. if there's seven people after you and you've killed 49 people trying to escape the seven people that are trying to kill you. No, you just do stuff like you you shoot a thing nearby and it falls on someone. Well, That's what just, you did in the 90s on TV shows. Why does he just not shows? set it up so that that can happen in a warehouse environment and he can kill all the people that are after it? Is there a series finale to Renegade? I don't know, I can't remember. Because 90s programs... I know there's a movie. 90s programs tended to never end. Yeah. You know, they sort of like, they'd wake up and Bob Saget would be having a dream. And then they wake up and it'd be Barry Allen in the Flash universe. Yeah. Are you done? No, not yet. No. Oh. Um, but so you'd like to see Renegade? Yeah, why not? Let's action. bring Renegade back. Let's just bring Lorenzo Lamas back. Just a. You don't even. You don't even want a reboot, a soft reboot, or anything. You just want to continue the series. I just want Lorenzo Lamas. You want Lorenzo With his Lamas. Long, beautiful hair. What happened to Robert Darby? Um, he died, didn't he? No, why does everyone think he's dead? He's still alive. No, Robert Dalby's dead. He's still alive. Is he? What was the last thing he said? Because Dave was going on about this the other day and I had to go check his Wikipedia and I was like, no, he's still alive. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that he's dead. He's like 61 years old. Jesus. Yeah. Robert Darby is still going strong. So Robert Darby is officially dead. No. He didn't die. It was like, I don't know, loads of people have died, but not Robert Darby. No, Robert Darby died. He had a face thing. Like seal, he had early stage seal. No, he had late stage seal disease. They're just acne scars, man. They're not acne scars. There they are. No, yeah, they are. no, they aren't. No, he clearly had lupus. I don't know. Okay, he's very tall. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no. Look, see, Robert Darby died. No, he didn't. Died two minutes ago when we first announced that he was officially dead. Oh, congratulations! We are the tastemakers. Yeah, to <laughs> life and death. Okay, and sorry. So, do you want me to explain what we do on this podcast? Because I've been talking for almost 10 minutes. Oh, what? You're just nonsense. For, yeah, like, hey, no, every no. time. Every time. I don't know why I do it. Yeah. Don't know why I do it. Neither do I. Um, do you think there'll ever be a game on the Switch in no. which you can switch gender? What? You know, like one, two, switch gender, and it just takes your photo. We could do a Ram the Half game. What? We should do a Ram the Half game. Ram the Half's an anime about a person who, like, their gender changes if they're, putting, if they're going cold water or hot water. So if they go in hot water, they become a man. If they go in cold water, they can become a woman. Do they have to go in the water fully? Yeah, or can they people just... can splash them and it changes them. Oh, okay. But um, they're fighting stuff and they can change genders. What are they fighting? Other people. It's one of those sort of Dragon Ball era okay. kung fu things. I wonder what what would that power be? And a good thing or a bad thing? How would they? Mm-hmm. Get bored at night, splash a bit of water. I guess on if you. you don't, if you find a toilet that's really gross and you don't want to sit on it, yeah, get some hot water. Splash you. the toilet water. You go. <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah. Just a spritz. Yeah. There's a really weird thing now that people seem to every time that that um, every time that like a game comes out that has has people that you can seduce and stuff like that, they all say that like oh you mean those games where you just bash action figures together and pretend they're having sex? Yeah. There, there seems to be like a thing I've noticed on YouTube since Mass Effect's come out is because uh, I I watch left wing and right wing news. I watch right wing news mostly to laugh at it, but every so often I find a nugget of gold. And I found a video that was 10 minutes long saying why I hate Mass Effect, this SJW bullshit. Oh, yeah. Well, was that the excerpt from my review last yeah, time? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But anyway, so this bloke went on There's a, a rant. There's a woman one in it. Yeah, this, this bloke went on a rant for 10 minutes explaining how he hates that the women are bad looking in the game. Oh, is this the one where he just said he didn't... Because I think 
Campster was talking about how he found this Mass Effect review and his entire argument saying it was terrible was because he said that the women are too unattractive for anyone yeah, to want to... The guys but, are attractive, yeah. women are unattractive. But then he went on to say... Toss pot. There was, a, there was another part... Well, that was the initial argument. His dick falls off. Yeah, that was the initial argument. I was like, well, clearly this guy doesn't get laid or he doesn't him. see naked women outside of his computer screen. He's quite upset that they don't look the way he wants them to look because it's a shag Still waiting simulator. for that nude photo of Captain Janeway to download. There you go. He's still... Yeah, he's still on dial-up in his mum's basement. <laughs> um, said Captain Janeway, the final frontier. <laughs> Damn internet. Um, but, uh... But yeah, so this guy went on this rant for like a couple of minutes. He was just talking about how he didn't find them attractive, and it was kind of humorous. Mm. I was like, I was like, and then took a sinister turn. He started talking about Dragon Age um, Inquisition and how all the characters are bi, and you can fuck everyone, and even if you're a woman, you can fuck everyone. And I think that he is scared that he's not had sex with a lady, and he is going to be left behind by this new wave of people that can fuck any gender. <gasps> this fantastic because gender fluidity to me is incredible I love the idea he should just go and bang a dude well that's that's kind of what I think he's upset about it's yeah. the fact that he can't get a lady and he can't get a guy but in these games he can get anyone yeah. and that's some sort of SJW agenda yeah I still don't really understand he's what SJW is he's probably found out about the, gold, the gay agenda what's the gay agenda oh, they're not allowed to tell you about it man you can't just talk about the gay agenda is I mean... it like a gay timetable or is it like a gay no plan? say it's a plan they've got running alright leave it at that but when you say agenda I kind of feel like like it's almost like a meeting so there's intro Shh, don't the subject don't too much alright oh, shit don't so, know about the organisation is there like a gay meeting planner then no, not planner it's got sparkles on it <laughs> oh you're talking about a book I'm talking about a physical person Oh. Who's planning the meeting? Oh yeah, he's got sparkles on it. They have sparkles on. Yeah, because I don't want to assign gender. Think I Robin Williams in the fish in the birdcage. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. But anyway, no. So I, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like, you're going to review something. Anything. Yeah, I am in a second. It's your review first. No, yeah, no, that's what. I'm... <laughs> Social justice warriors. I don't really understand. I, I think that if people listen to me... They I would... should be social justice bards. Yeah. Or social justice rogues. I think that if anyone listened to me, they would assume that that's what I am. Because I want everyone to be happy. I don't well, want people a cuck, to be upset. aren't you? No. SJW cuck. That's the thing that I don't understand as well. Cuck. Why would anyone... Isn't like that normally like a weird thing that rich people do? And aren't most rich people know. like big old businessmen who are right wing? Probably. They love it. Yeah, because like, I don't know anyone who wants to watch someone fuck their girlfriend. Well, some people might. If they're up Maybe. for that, fine. But I like having Brad sex. Brad Maddox I... did. Who? The wrestler who had videotapes of his girlfriend Paige banging Xavier yeah, Woods. Yeah, that was weird. That was weird that Paige had porn released. It's not porn. It was porn. It's not porn. It was a home video thing like that someone well, had caught. I, I know, but you know what it's I mean? Not it's not porn. It's, well, it's, it's a pornographic video. Yeah, no, not really, when it's just like some private stuff. If it's private, done, if it's private and it's sexual and activity... And it's been leaked between, out. It's not yeah. intended to be It's porn. not intended to be Porn is there. entertainment. Is it really? Yeah. I thought porn, the idea was it was sexually... And, Explicit materials yeah, intended to be entertaining. Oh, okay. I thought sexually explicit yeah. materials. So but yeah, that was sad. I feel bad for Paige because what goes on behind closed yeah. doors, whatever she wants to get up to, that can ruin someone's career. And she's a very if you're a beloved. Woman, not if you're a guy. Yeah, if you're a guy, if you're a guy people no just because no one's named the people like the guys Xavier Woods the, and Brad Maddox. Yeah, people have just been like, oh, Xavier yeah. Woods from up, up, down, down. The YouTuber is he the first YouTuber to get? A- <laughs> but like, when you look at it and you say, all I've seen is Paige's name everywhere. Yeah, no one cares about Xavier's dick. His rock-hard cock. 
that he had out on display. But anyway, so yeah, so as I was saying, SJW plot, like these people just seem to be really angry about the fact that you can fuck anything in the universe, but they also don't take into con- consideration hey, that man, they can as well if they want. Well, yeah, but they don't seem to take into consideration that the the idea of going out and exploring these new things, gender isn't the same for every species, and there are animals that are gay, you know, bisexual. There are animals Dolphins that fuck other animals. Anything. Yeah, there are animals that fuck other animals. Yeah. You know, and they're, they're not the same species. Like, people are so fucking hung up nowadays about making everything this Christian shit or making everything this, this, what is right and men and women should be together. Like, it's like, fuck yourself. If Mike you, Pence doesn't think, Mike Pence thinks man and one woman only and never, never sit with a woman who's not your wife. Yeah, didn't he cheat on his wife? No, 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 no. He recently cheated on his wife. No, no, no. He, this um, is a sarcastic thing. No, they announced that, if that family someone found out that he, um, he won't have a dinner. He won't eat with any woman other than his wife. Huh. And now conservatives were like, I mean, why would you ever eat, go for a meal with someone who's not your wife or a family member? Like, because you're friends, you're hanging out. I mean, I, I think or should... maybe you're a high-ranking politician having a, a meeting with someone over dinner. I think I have an idea. We need to just, we need to just change. You know how, like, we're bracketing a lot of women in this. So we're saying, like, oh, I can only have dinner with, I think we should. What if he's in a lift and a woman just gets in and she puts, yeah, she puts chewing gum in her mouth? Does he get panic attack? Snacks aren't the same. Just dives out. As long as the woman's serving you snacks, you're allowed to have snacks on a woman. Mm. But anyway, no, I reckon we should change the brackets a little bit. Not say wives, say lovers, because Mm. then Donald Trump can still have dinner with his daughter. I mean, what? Oh, it always comes back to a Donald Trump joke here. That's the guarantee. But anyway, yeah, SJW, I don't understand it. I mean, do you consider yourself... Is that a a negative term? I don't know. Apparently it is. Because I like people. I don't want anyone to be downtrodden. I'd like... I wouldn't ever fight someone... Other than gingers. What? I would never fight someone because I don't agree with their opinion. Because that's not drastic enough for that. But if someone ever infringed upon another person's right to have the basic human things like to have to feel love to experience love and to be full and and live life if someone is ever infringing on that i would fight the person you don't understand i would defend anyone else's Even basic if they're ginger i would defend anyone else's basic human rights i wouldn't mm. ever i wouldn't ever say because you don't like this person you're wrong but if that person was somehow hurting someone else because of their way of life i would immediately fight back but I'm not saying I'm not saying that as if I'd defend a Nazi if a Nazi was being beaten up by people who berated. You'd point and laugh, probably. But but no. But again, oh, your foot hits his good. Regardless of how many people are angry at one person for what they've done, if that person has, like, say, Donald Trump, he's he's banned people coming from certain countries, even though none of them are associated with terrorist attacks. They're all associated with not having Donald Trump businesses in them. Yeah, weird that. Yeah, that's like. And and he's turning around and he's saying Mexicans are bad. They were talking about how, uh, what was it, um, immigration to the country is down. But the actual figure they were referring to was the number of people coming to the United States, such as tourists. Mm. Down 60%. People just aren't going to America now. Because they don't want to. It's a horrible yeah. place now. Well, it's going to become a horrible place. It's just getting worse. I don't I don't understand them. Don't worry, you got to just go through about 10 years of hardship and then we get the good times. Obviously, some, someone's going to get nuked. But, you know. Probably us. Yeah, maybe. Brexit as well. Yeah. People seem to think Brexit's something to do with immigration. I'm glad you didn't move to Gibraltar now. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> That's going back to Spain, isn't it? Yeah. I still find it fucking unbelievable people still think it's about immigration. 
I do. I still hear people say, well, it's all about immigration. Isn't it? No, it's not, you fucking idiot. You're a fucking moron. Why were you given the right to vote? Why were you allowed to vote? Hmm. How were you ever possibly qualified to have your opinions? I mean, again, I allow them to have their opinions. I may get angry about them, but I wouldn't fight them over them. If they turned around and kicked someone in the face because they were Pakistani, or if they were Polish, because they came from a different place than them, then I'd fucking stab them in the eyes. Hmm. But if they were just, you know, racist idiots, it's not my fault they weren't educated very well. Anyway, your first review, Ant. Fuck's sake. Um, I'm going to review... <laughs> Saban's Power Rangers. The series. The film. The Mo- film. The, first, the new film. The first in a new trilogy. Six films they claim they're going to make of Power Rangers. What? Zach Efron signed on for six films? Yeah, Zach Efron. He's going to be Tommy. Actually, he'd be a pretty good Tommy. He would be a pretty good Tommy. Yeah. Do you know who'd be a really But he was good? too old for high school. But anyway, Power Rangers. Power Rangers. Everyone knows Power Rangers. Well, no, no, where, no. Let's where, not assume. Let's not where assume. Zordon... In a moment of badness, when Rita Repulsa has arisen from her weather... Rise from your grave! Um, Zordon, a mystical being from another dimension, except in this he's not, he's not. Um, he get he recruits five teenagers with attitude, except Jude. they just kind of happen to be in the right place at the right time. Um, and they will fight things. Anyway, Power Rangers. Go, go, Power Rangers! It's a really good film. I was quite surprised at how good it was. Um, they've actually like I was expecting something I figured the main crux of the film would be them getting to be able to morph I figured that was going to be the main thing but it actually like they actually made the film really slow paced and they concentrated on the characters and made sure you liked the characters in the build up to them morphing and all that sort of stuff what time is it? Um, what? quarter past nine it's morphing time yeah but um so the film, basically, the main premise of it, it follows most, mostly Jason, Kimberly, and Billy. They're the main three in it, um, and they're all in detentions. They all just they all just happen. Those three happen to all be in the same detention class for various things. Being naughty, um, and there's also Zach and Trini who turn up later, and they just kind of happen to be in this quarry. Zach Efron playing yeah. Zach, but uh, it's not. It doesn't even look a thing like Zach Efron. <laughs> Racist. He's blonde for a start, <laughs> but um. Yeah, so basically they they've spent a lot of time in the film making sure that every one of the rangers has a distinct character and actually like a three-dimensional character. They've all got some sort of baggage going on and a reason for their behavior and stuff like that. Um and it's it fits it really fits well with the Power Rangers core ideas that the shows have always had because they've always had like multiple races going on in Power Rangers. They've always had messages of like, you know, just being a general all-round good person. You know, lack of nev- negativity. Don't put things in my face. I'm trying to yeah, sorry. So there's always been really good, strong messages in Power Rangers. Like this one, um, Billy's autistic, and they've made an actual superhero autistic, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it doesn't affect and, the character in any negative no, way. He's got a couple of, like... There's some of the jokes swear. that are a little bit, like, you know, he's there for comedic relief, and his, his autism is a bit of a joke in some places, but it's not... Often it's nothing as bad as you get in some things. Mm-hmm. And there's no moment where it's like... Billy, here's some maths. Work it out for us, and he works it out in a second. He sees the numbers floating in front of his eyes. Yeah, like and Russell Crowe like dragging them in. And no, it's none of that. Um, he does like figure out the location of the final battle thing, but it's like he actually it shows a cycle of a day of him reading all this noting information down and making maps, and then like, well, it, it takes seven days, doesn't it? Because it's day seven. It cuts to him, and he's got his he's done his traditional seven mm. style. No, yeah, it's like I don't. Know, it's only one day. Oh. No, it's not. It's like seven days. He doesn't because you know they're marking the walls with the days. Yeah, but that's like the bit when he's looking for the map and everything is like overnight. He does it. 
Oh, right. So that comes in the middle I, of the I had the, I had the feeling, because they show it once, and then they show him doing it again. Hmm. And I had a feeling that, that they intended to show that he'd been working Maybe, on it for a few know. days. But um, they made a really solid film, and it's like, some people have said, like, it's tonally inconsistent, and I think people don't know what tonal inconsistency mean. Tonal inconsistency isn't a film changing tone as the film goes along. That isn't like... If the film's intended to be funny in some parts, scary in some parts, action-packed in other parts, that's the way the film's tone rolls. Films can have multiple tones. It's a crazy thing. If we didn't have multiple tones in films, you wouldn't have the Evil Dead films. You wouldn't have Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Buffy the... Oh, the Mona the Vampire! You You wouldn't have any of those sort of things. You wouldn't have Bollywood films, for God's sake. Like, Bollywood films can breakneck speed swing you from, like, a musical number to an action pit flick to a farcical comedy. Mm-hmm. And it'll feel natural. Um, total inconsistency is when a character's saying something hilarious, but it's played for horror. Like, that is, you know, when when they're saying words which should be hilarious, but they're playing it for laughs or something like that. Should, yeah. They're playing it for, like, a drama. Like, um, there's a bit in Iron Fist in the TV series, where Danny Rand's like, used to put my head down the toilet and flush it, and it's played for, like, like this is upsetting me, this is the way drama. It's meant to be weird and weird. And but so. you're walking in and just going, that's hilarious. Mm. <laughs> that's funny. It's, that sounds like well, something no, from a comedy film. It wasn't that funny, it was like, awkward for me. It felt but, very awkward. Yeah, but it sounded like something Will Ferrell and like someone else would be arguing about in a comedy film, where he's like having a high school reunion or something. Yeah. Um, but Power Rangers... Consistently, as the film goes on, it plays its part. And Rita Repulsa is played as a sort of like crazy horror witch character um, by Elizabeth Banks, and that's fine. Yeah, it works. Um, there's a couple of things I think could have done with. I think could have done with like them fighting the putties halfway through before they've got their morphers and getting their asses kicked or something. Like, because they needed something other than them doing the training thing. They need to come up against actual putties. Yeah. Um, and because it does really does load the most of the action to the final thirty minutes, but that final thirty minutes is badass. It's like, very well done. Yeah, this has some really cool moments in it, like where um, Kimberly picks up the Triceratops sword with a pterodactyl and just throws it through Goldar at Rita. Yeah, just crashes straight into her. Um, you know, there is like crazy amounts of product placement, and it is <laughs> like with Krispy Kreme specifically. It's so juice, and like it literally stops for Rita to eat a donut at one point. Yeah, but. They do it so much for that last half hour. I think they just like, yeah, we know. I think they were trying to edge in the idea that that's yeah. going to happen. Yeah, I think they were just like, you know, whatever. We know what it is. What it is. We've got Krispy Kremes, you know, fine. Um, but I'm I'm just surprised that it actually has a solid story. It pays off as a Power Rangers thing. Still consistently stays Power Rangers. It's full of references to the original show, and I mean like tiny references that no one would realize. Um, stuff like Zordon saying the um, the rules of the Power Rangers is lifted directly from the first episode, line for line. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that all the Power Rangers walk off and Jason stands with his arm folded thinking about it for a second longer. And like, you come in, Jason, blow this joint. We don't believe this. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll be right with you. That's straight from the first episode of Power Rangers. Yeah. Like, loads of little things like that. Um, there's uh, little things where you see in Billy's house he's got, like, action figures of uh, I think it's what's the name Babu and something else the Rita's men from the series. Oh, there's like Fistner and stuff. Or yeah, some Flickster of the monsters. Or are yeah, Flickster, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. But he's got them sat there and stuff like that. Um, there's a little reference to Tommy Oliver in a mid-credits bit. Yeah, because that's what they're building up to. You know, those little nice little nods. Um, the fight sequences all taking place. Like they they have the fight with the putties. The first time they fight the putties in their suits. Mm-hmm. 
it's shot like any millions of Power Ranger sequences in a bit of a desert area with little bits of grass and yeah. loads of it takes place in a quarry, which was like Power Rangers' number one filming location. <laughs> yeah, because they love that. Um, I think it was pretty smart as well to have the Megazord fight take place in uh, keep Angel Grove as like a small town rather than make it a city. Yeah, because. I like that. It well. avoids it being a Transformers movie where they're smashing buildings up all over the place. And it gives them a proper sense of scale when the buildings are only up to the Megazord's knees. Yeah. And it gives it a much bigger feel. Yeah. Like. Because when they had the massive buildings, it was. Well, it's like Godzilla in the new film. They made him really tall, but he stands in the middle of skyscrapers and yeah. then he doesn't look as big. Yeah. But, like, you take, like, Dread and they had the, like, Mega City 1 is, like, slums and there's the occasional large tower. And then well, you get a feeling like those towers are huge. There's there's the slums underneath the pass. The the thing about Dread is it's it's all shot to be like so where they've got roads and they've got multi leveled roads. So you'd have three tiers of road, and yeah. then the buildings underneath the roads would be shorter. And then when you mm. go away from the roads, that's when you have the massive. Flat well, they only buildings. had like a couple of big buildings in Dread. When you see the shot of Mega City, it's loads of tiny buildings and about like five large towers. I thought they had 17 in the... Because it was meant to be... After. They mentioned there's a bunch of them, but there's, you don't see... There's not, like, tap skyscrapers really, everywhere. I have, to, I have to watch... I plan to watch Dread again soon, because mm. they're releasing it on 4K Blu-ray. Mm. So I, I'm looking forward to that, because it looks spectacular in 1080p, so I'd like yeah. to see it in 4K. But it's like, they, the way they did it was they made it... To give a sense of scale with yeah. those buildings, they put them... Just to give you an idea that this building's freaking huge. Yeah. But that's what you do in films. You shouldn't have big things surrounded by other big things, because it makes them look small. Yeah. Um... Goldar, they could. I think they should have made a character out of Goldar, but then the Thinker Boy would have mixed up the plot a bit more and complicated things. And I didn't like the look of Goldar. Yeah, but imagine if he had a face. Just if he had a, just if Rita had a monster that was her buddy, that was her protector, and she put all this gold shit on him. Yeah, and like made him grow. Well, I was hoping that Goldar would be a bit like just she would wake up hmm. and she'd be holding something, and Goldar would just be like this little thing that she was trying to feed stuff to make it yeah. bigger. And then eventually that started communicating with her and like was almost like a child. And then you saw it got bigger as she was collecting more and more gold. I'd like hmm. to see that, like an evolution of it. Yeah. Rather than it just be... It was like a staff had like teeth and stuff in it. I liked that. Yeah. I liked that. I thought that was pretty grim. That's but um, pretty Yeah, I thought it was fine. I like... Alpha wasn't as annoying as I thought he was going to be. I thought his voice sounded all wrong in the trailers, but I think they changed the pitch of it a little bit for the film. Yeah, they made it a bit deeper, didn't they? But it was deeper in the trailers, I thought. Do you think? Yeah, I think I, I think it, it sounded too much like Bill Hader in the trailers yeah. and sounded less like him in the actual film. Huh. Um, there's a couple bits where Zordon's a bit of a dick, but I think it's because he's like super frustrated that they're not getting their powers and it's like it's a bit different. In Power Rangers, Zordon never scolds the Power Rangers. It's always... The only time he was ever a dick in Power Rangers was when he gave Tommy the White Ranger power and went, Tommy, he's the new leader of the Power Rangers. And Jason's like, huh, yeah, wicked. <laughs> Great, because Jason had, had already decided to leave at that point. Yeah. But it's just like, yeah, you're no longer the leader, Jason. Tommy is this new guy. <laughs> Get used to it. And he's like, oh, okay, <laughs> wicked. Good uh, job. Yeah. yeah, good to see um, But yeah, I thought Power Rangers was super solid and I enjoyed it. And I really liked it. Yeah, I liked it. I really liked it. Is this going to be your review now? Yeah, I'm going to review Power Rangers as well, but I'm going to immediately follow on Ant's review. Um, so yeah, it's it's the same story that everybody knows. You got it right. Right on the money. They some teenagers oh, find some mystical coins that give him... Give teenagers them, with attitude. Yeah. They have they find some mystical coins that give him the power of the Power Rangers. Uh, superheroes who are meant to fight back against I'm incoming... this. Incoming threats for the Lifestone... In the Earth. It's a Zeo, Zeo crystal. Oh, that's another thing. Um, that's a subtle thing that sets up for a sequel. Because in Power Rangers, the series, mm-hmm. 
the Power Rangers lose their powers later on. Yeah. And the makers of Power Rangers had a whole series of footage they hadn't used yet because that's where the White Ranger was taken from. Okay. And they just skipped that series and went to another one. Which then there was the Power Ranger Zeo. So they get shards of the Zeo crystal that mm-hmm. they find, and that gives them the ability to morph into the new Zeo Rangers. So at some point down the line, they've got a big old crystal under the ground that's got their new morphers in it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There you go. So that's that's the Zeo crystal underneath yeah. the earth, as explained by. Ant. Hopefully, um, they don't have bloody stars and squares and stuff as their masks in that series because those costumes look stupid. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't remember. I I see this is the money I've watched the original series, but anyway. So yeah, yeah it's Ant's dead on the money. Um, it's a very cheesy, very happy. It's it's almost the opposite of Transformers. Yeah. Did you just fart? Uh, multiple times. Oh. Um, it's the opposite... I can smell it. <laughs> it's the opposite of the of the Transformers series as we know it today. Yeah. Coherent. Trans- yeah, it's coherent. The action... <laughs> like the original TV show. There's one action scene that wasn't very clear. Oh, he's jumping around the Megazord when, when Zack steals the... No, no, I didn't have any problem with that because they had a lot of wide shots they showed him yeah. tumbling down stuff. It was the first fight against the putties, the actual putties. Oh, yeah. Not the simulation. There's a lot of shaky, you know, out-of-focus movement as they spun around and they were kicking them and flipping them around. And that's that's fine. That's fine mm. if you've already seen them fight putties. Yeah. But when you haven't seen a proper fight with putties that's been like... Probably I did like shown. it was shot like the TV show that bit though. There was a lot of low angle cameras and a lot of side on. Yeah, views. a lot of low angle cameras, but unlike the you got TV Billy's show, double kicking. Because you know, like the TV show, when you had a putty fight, you'd have three putties and you'd have like a slightly above the action shot, and then they would go in to fight each other, and then you'd have below next to the quarry where they've got like a hill and they'd be kicking each other, and you'd see that there was none of that. It was all moving with the action, and it could and, have done with some snap zooms I think yeah, it just like the show done, has it, what it could have just done with some wide open shots showing them all fighting and letting you see all the Power Rangers working as a team at once yeah. um, but it had the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the new, the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles does this where they focus on a turtle and then as that turtle defeats an enemy they flip over to the next turtle not breaking yeah. the shot and that's that's fine that's how action's shot nowadays It's at least it wasn't edited to buggery like Resident Evil like Resident Evil, there's so many fucking cuts, you can't tell what the fuck is happening. There's no impressive movements. Mm. I'm sure. I was quite surprised you actually saw kicks hitting yeah. in it. Like there wasn't yeah. a cut on the kicks. Do you remember the series when someone died? What? Someone died making the original series. Did they? Yeah, yeah. One of the one of the stunt people died because they filmed a scene in which Tommy, was it Tommy or Jason? One of them was fighting a putty, and they had you know done it all so it was all fine, but he landed oddly on his spine, broke his spine. <laughs> uh, but anyway, that's not funny. That was really that, they almost banned Power Rangers in the UK because of that. I don't oh. know if you remember, there was this big controversy. It was like, it's like Power Rangers violent. But anyway, so that's besides the point. Um, but yeah, it's 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 really good. I found Billy way more endearing than I thought I would. Yeah, like because I'd heard already. You know, there's an autistic person in this film. It's fine. And there are there are a couple of bits that were just nice. They resonated nicely. With there was a really really nicely shot chase in a car you know the first oh the one that was like children of men yeah with where the cameras, the, where turning, the cameras turning so they've obviously got yeah. like a, a, a like a tripod oh it's multiple shots stuck together but they used the cam- they used like the turning to yeah. hide where the cuts were yeah that's what I mean but it's it was just, well put together yeah really really well shot scene I yeah. was taken like because I saw that and I was like oh, okay look they're pulling a prank he's going to get in this car he's going to drive away he's going to be the, you know the, the Fast and the Furious style chase where you get a couple of shots behind the car as they go up the hill short and- car is driving Pun? What? No. It's a Ford Red Ranger. Which I thought was the Red Ford <laughs> nice. Ranger, which nice. I thought was clever. But anyway, so yeah, so that was really well shot. That took me back straight away. And then mm. as the story went on, like I got more and more into the characters. Really, really like the instant... Because um, in films, so often in films nowadays, especially like high school movies, I'm going to put that in little quotations, high school movies, um, you always find that there's a kid being bullied. He makes friends with a cool kid and the cool kid's like, look, 
just mucking about. He doesn't really care if he's being bullied. Slapped Instead, him. That was weird. Straight away, <laughs> straight away, he sees he sees Billy getting picked on because this dickhead snapping his pencils. And he goes up to him. He squares up to him, dodges a couple of punches, and just backhands him. Yeah. To teach him a lesson, which and set up for later. Yeah, which is which is so nice. Which mm. is just nice because it's so often now. Like in life, I feel this happens as well. This isn't just in films, but there's a meandering feeling to progression. Hmm. Like so often, you'll see something and it'll be like, "Oh, I wonder where this device." Let's establish quickly that Jason isn't a bad person. He's yeah. just acting out yeah. for some reason. He's just acting out because you know, he, Dad wants him to be an American football player, and he's not that fucked about it. He, yeah, he want he doesn't know what he wants to do. He's a teenager for God's sake, with yeah. attitude. Yeah, you're a teenager attitude. Yeah, um, but then it, it continues to progress in a way that makes sense. Like there was a cliched girl cutting her hair scene that annoyed me a little bit, but at yeah. the same time, you know that's films nowadays. That's how girls show their rebelling in films mm. that are written by old white guys. Yeah. Um, they should have had that in Rogue One. Yeah, she said, "I rebel," and then cut her hair off. How good! So one of the characters reveals that they they might not be uh, might not be straight. They might yeah. not be gay. They might just be bi. They might not be interested. It's set up in, earlier and established. Yeah, and right. it's nicely done. There's a scene in which one of the characters questions it, immediately drops it because he finds it's he finds he's like, that it cool. makes him uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Just like, and Bye. Zach's already gone past the point where he's like, "Oh yeah, that's all." Like you know, he's being a bro dude. Yeah, he's let down his guard at that point. Yeah. Like, if it had happened he, like ten minutes earlier, he'd probably have been annoyed. Well, that's, that's the thing. I'd heard like that. that him and Trini hadn't really had. They, there was no characterization to him, but you see him with his mum. You yeah. know, you can tell he's acting. Yeah. She Defensive. asks him, "Have you still been going to school?" And he goes, oh, "You know, don't worry." Like it's mm. nice because we already know we haven't seen him in school because we've seen the school we've seen people we haven't seen him in the breakfast club haven't seen him in the breakfast club yeah. you know and that's nice that's you know if Bulk and Skull exist in the Nita universe why weren't they in the detention did they exist in that universe well they've got it at some point surely I you can't not I, have Bulk and no, Skull no because I don't like Bulk and Skull I don't <laughs> fucking care about Bulk and Skull they make sense in a stupid nineties program. But this is actually a very well made film. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want a film that I actually find quite good <laughs> to be ruined by that. Because like, it's it's stupid that I'm talking. It's, this is a, this makes me feel as stupid as I felt when I was talking about the Lego Movie when no one had seen it yet. Because like, I keep saying it's a good movie, and people argue with me, and that's fine. You can argue. I I understand. But I really enjoyed this. Yeah. It, it had a lot more going on than I was expecting to ever find. Yeah. And they played the fucking theme, dude. Yeah. As soon as I saw the Zords lining up, running next to each other down the quarry, and that music started playing, I had the fucking biggest smile on my face. I genuinely, I was beaming. <laughs> Me and my girlfriend were in there, and she, she just started laughing, because I'd been going on about it as we walked up the yeah. thing. I was like, they're never going to play the theme, dude. It'll be on someone's phone. It'll be like a ringtone or something. <laughs> and they started fucking blasting it. I do still want my phone to play the Power Rangers. You know the, what the, <laughs> yeah, the yeah. comms play? Yeah. <laughs> I want that on my phone. But, um, but holy out. shit. I, I just, I enjoyed it so much more than I was expecting yeah. to. Yeah, I mean, it's not like an idiot. It's like this, like, no, no, it's not There's perfect. a lot of coincidence plot, but, um, yeah. But the thing is, at the same time, they do mention that the coins would only activate for the right people, so, yeah. they're, and they're mystical, so they could have drawn them into that location. Yeah. Like, through Mystical's forces. Um, I, there's, there's one scene where I wish that it had, had gone a different way, and that was, you know where, um, they fall down into the into the thing and find the spaceship. Yeah. I wish that instead of that, they had jumped over the thing and they were all like celebrating stuff and then all of a sudden some putties started coming towards them mm. and they just fell down. And like maybe the putties were just looking for people or maybe they were just searching around Angel Grove. Yeah. You know? I, like this stuff, they, they killed them putties even though they're more golems, which is what they're meant to be. Yeah. In um, Giro Danger, they're called golems. Ah. 
Yeah, with, yeah, but in the UK, in the US version, they change the name to Putty, but they are golems because in the yeah. show she gets those like bits of clay that look like turds, puts them in the oven. Yep, and they become... makes the parties go. Yeah, like that. Other than my issues with Goldar, I mean, I like the last fight. Yeah, I like the way it works. There was a something they cut out where Jason gets his sword from. He just has it in the finale. Yeah, um, and then later on, there's a scene where he gives it back, and Zordon's like, "You should probably keep hold of that." He says, "Well, I'll have it when I've earned it." Yeah, and apparently there's supposed to be like an Excalibur-like thing going on. Oh, okay. Like where he had to earn it, and all the Rangers have a weapon. Yeah, but they don't. He's the only one who gets it because he had like a laser sword at one point. Yeah, that's what his sword is. That's where it just comes from. He just comes out of nowhere. Ah, but then he puts it back afterwards. Ah. But they needed that scene where he puts see, it back because it's him and Zordon going, you know, I've done was, okay. You know how in the series they used to have like controls and the mm. controls were their, were their weapons? No, they had like um, a knife that turned into a gun, but they also had their main weapons. They get them in episode three of the original oh. series. I'll because I remember that... I'm, episode three teamwork. I remember that the White Ranger had his dagger. His yeah, dagger was, was also... Also, his joystick. Yeah, yeah, for the white, white tiger sword yeah. from a different TV series. Yeah, different series of Power Rangers, the one they didn't use. <laughs> but anyway, I really enjoyed it, and I yeah. loved loved the morphing at the end. Yeah. It was it had a nice, it had a really nice Toy Story three moment, hmm. you know. Um, but it also had stuff like, as I said, Billy found him way more endearing than I thought it would. Yeah, it had Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston, an actor who right now is is, you know, he gets a lot of money for his roles. They had the gall to say to him. Keep on this stupid alien makeup for us. <laughs> in the yeah. beginning of the film, you can see Brian Cranston aliened up with a like weird penis cone head. Yeah. Yeah. But uh a little bit of butt. Yeah. But uh yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I give this I give this a Julianne Moore. Oh. I give it a Julianne Moore, it's quite a high rating. Let's get Julianne Moore in the next one. There's Rita Repulsa. <laughs> they should just keep casting younger and younger actresses as Rita Repulsa just like in the TV show yeah she got this Gear Angel's only one series but her actress kept changing and she mm. got younger and younger as the show went on more and more attractive as well yeah mm. yeah her and her comb bra mm. Mm. so into it anyway your review Ant. Um, I'm going to review Shin Godzilla oh okay yeah it's a masterpiece uh. shut up it's <laughs> Shin Godzilla is a satire, a brilliant, sharp, like amazing satire on governmental government policy and dealing with disasters and all this sort of stuff. Like the film's framed as Godzilla being like he looks like a Burns victim from the nuclear from the um friggin' Hiroshima bombing yep. and all that sort of stuff. He's got no limbs at the start, like the babies. No, he no has limbs like... and eyelids. He's got little stumps that yeah. he's like crawling along on. Um but he's like got no eyelids and stuff like that. Like he's been burnt by phosphorus or something like that, or nuclear radiation. Mm. Um, and he looks in pain the whole time. Like his arms are permanently in this clawed position. Yeah. Like he's in agony. Um, and the whole film's like a whole bunch of people trying to decide what they should do to deal with Godzilla. And there's no heart to the film. There's no characters you connect with as like as people. They're all talking heads dealing with a crisis, and they're all rushing around. They've all got their departments they deal with. There's characters who have. A, who are like a little bit snarky about the whole thing and all this sort of stuff, and ones who are very businesslike and all this. Um, brilliantly put together. I love the stuff like they're having a meeting and then they need to go have another meeting. So they all get out of the room and walk to another room to have a meeting. And then when that meeting finishes, they all get up and walk back to the first room to have a different meeting. And it's just like early on in the film. I'm just like, it's brilliant. That's like perfect satire. Um, it feels like something that Hideki Anno would do. He did Neon Genesis Evangelion. Yeah. And it feels like an extension of that. Um, it's not a Godzilla film for people who just want to see him punching buildings or fighting other monsters because there's no other monsters in it. Mm-hmm. Like Godzilla stands still for half the film. He's recharging. He gets a new power. 
that we've never seen him use before, which is a very Evangelion power to have lasers just bursting out of his back, cutting things to pieces. Yeah. Um, but it, it ramps up and it builds up to this really tense finale where Japan's going to get nuked if they don't figure out a way to stop Godzilla. And their plan is to freeze him, effectively. Yeah. Um, and it's so intense. There's so many close-ups. Like The way it's shot is amazing. There's like... He's constantly unsettling you by shooting things in symmetry, but putting something out of symmetry in one side of the shot. So you'll get a shot of a table of people, and they're all wearing black and white suits, and there'll be one person wearing like a red overall on one side of the screen just to irk you, whereas the rest of the shot is perfectly symmetrical. And it's like he's trying to unsettle you in a little bit just to irritate your brain yeah. as it's going along. Um, that is just... Like it's special effects wise as well, like that Godzilla CG, mm. and I thought it was a rubber suit in all the trailers before I saw it, and even that first one when you see the larval form Godzilla and he just like flops onto buildings and stuff. See, I thought that was CG. I thought that looked really obvious. But CG. it's it's it looks like it's made of rubber. When he flops onto it, they give it a rubber wobble. Mm. They didn't they didn't CGI it to look like a monster in the real world stomping on things. They CGI'd it to look like someone in a rubber suit. Yeah. Which I thought was really clever. Like the Godzilla with his tail wobbling around, it looks like it's hung on a piece of string being dragged. Yeah. And they put effort to make sure that even though they're using more technology than they've ever used before in a Godzilla film, like in terms of like modern effects work, they made it feel like the old Godzilla films in the way Godzilla moved and his like the way his motions all worked and they didn't give way too much animation on his face or anything. They kept him simple. Yeah, definitely. And um and there's some really cool set pieces, like when he's frigging, they crash a shit ton of trains into him with bombs. They blow up. Fucking brilliant. That's genius. They lure him onto a train track and just, boom, and blow him up. Mm. Um, it's got me hyped for another Godzilla film. And I don't know, I I, I think it's one of my favourite Godzilla films now. And I, lo- I love my Godzilla films. I, I think the first one's the best one. Like, that film's a masterpiece, legit. Mm. Um, but I also love, like, Mothra versus Godzilla and GMK, which is, like, one of the darkest like moodiest pieces of shit ever made in yeah. cinema. I mean there's a bit in that film where Godzilla's about to blast um, Baragon with a nuclear with his atomic breath and it cuts to a bunch of school kids and a nuclear explosion goes off in the background and they're just like, huh? Like that all through their window watching this nuke mushroom cloud going up. Like dark. Um but this one's I think it's superb. Um, I love it. Yeah. I want to see more. Well the next Godzilla film's a fucking anime. Yeah, on Netflix, <sighs> set in the future. Uh, something to do with the the current timeline that Shin Godzilla's in. No, don't don't count it. I like Shin Godzilla. I'm not I'm not going to review it. I feel like you yeah. you have said more than enough it's, regarding that movie. I think it's the best Neon Genesis Evangelion film that's ever been made. <laughs> and because um, all the Neon Genesis Evangelion films are absolute bollocks. Yeah, they do. That series ended on episode twenty, whatever it was, and I was done. Yeah, I like when Shinji's floating around. In nothingness. <laughs> yeah. It's what he deserves. He's a yeah. prick. Um, so, yeah, that's fine. Um, I don't know if I reviewed it last time. Kong Skull Island? No, you didn't. No. Okay. Uh, I saw I saw another kaiju movie. Was it Kong Skull Island? It was Kong Skull Island. That's three kaijus in a row. Three kaijus in a Four, row. Four, actually, because we both did Paranormal. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, yeah, so Kong Skull Island. Um, I've been interested in this Fucking film for kaijus, quite a while. Cuck kaijus. Cuck kaijus. <laughs> watching watching their cuck ladies have cucky sex with another cucky cotter villain. Cuck um, Mormons, what? <laughs> Welcome back, cocker. Cucker, cucker. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I saw Kong Skull Island. I fucking loved it. I, I see, um, 
I can see issue with it. There's a lot of issues. There's a lot of problems. Hmm. Um, it has much the same issues as we had with Godzilla 2014. Hmm. Uh, not that you don't see enough of Kong, because that's that's funny. Apparently, it's like right from the start. He's yeah. like just, he's just like literally there. the first time seeing him, he just stood there. Yeah. After throwing a tree for a helicopter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Subtle. So, um, so the main story is that there is a, a group of people that are led by John Goodman that have decided to do a geological survey on an island they believe is hollow underneath. Ooh. And under, underneath in that, in that hollow area, they believe there's an ecosystem they've never experienced. Oh, thousands of years old. They want to experience Journey to the centre of the earth. Exactly. Essentially, yeah. yeah. Um, so they go to this island and they use a uh, new technology that's funded by the American government. So they get the US Army involved. There's new technology in which they drop bombs and then the seismic reaction to the yeah. bombs monitors underneath and they can work it out and they can map it. Hmm. But these are still bombs. Yeah, because they so, fucking love bombs, Americans. So they're flying over in these helicopters, they drop the bombs and obviously Kong gets involved and it's and he decimates half the troops straight away. Good on him. Yeah, because they are. They're, they're fucking up his land. Uh, we, we find out more about that. Um, it's a little bit... No, I'm not, it's not spoilery. Um, essentially, underneath is where these things live, these lizards. Mm. And there is a massive lizard that lizards. is... Lizards. Lizards. They, they call lizards. them... You put the lizards there. The, the lizards. You, you put them there. <laughs> <laughs> but there's all these lizards, and they're, they're almost like an insect, like a hive. Mm. So there's a massive one that's in hibernation that's birthing these small lizards. Sexy. And they come up, and then they attack people. Uh, Kong is constantly fighting and destroying these monsters to avoid mm. them, you know, taking over and getting out. Because if the big one wakes up, if enough of them get out, the mm. big one wakes up, and then and also the bombs dropping. That's that could possibly trigger her waking up. Um, if she wakes up, then she is just going to decimate the earth because she's a massive creature. It's you know, there's almost nothing that could stop her. Obviously, it's not true, but we'll get to that towards the end. So, um, so yeah, and it's all leading up to this big fisticuff fight. It's, it's pretty awesome. Uh, mm. There are like. There are a lot of the characters don't need to be there. There's a few of the army people that are quite interesting. There's a young guy who's like a radio person, yeah. um, and he is torn between listening to Tom Hiddleston and Brie Larson or going with Samuel Jackson. Samuel Jackson's plan is rather than get to the other side of the island and then wait for the convoy to arrive and pick them up and save them, he wants to go to the he wants to go to the center up like this cliff and go and get all the munitions they lost during the initial attack by Kong yeah. so they can defeat him. It's all bombs and shit like that. Um, there are a few... And Samuel Jackson is, you know, he's the bad guy. He's the, we need to kill Kong. Kong's killed my men, I need my vengeance. He won't listen to reason, he won't listen to what they tell him. John C. Riley. He has a great intro in the beginning. In the beginning, to to introduce the idea of the island, you have John C. Riley lands and uh, after after his plane crashing, along with a Japanese soldier, hmm. and so they have this fight where they're like shooting each other, but they're missing, and they're like they finally they get to a point where they're just about to attack each other, and Kong rears up in the background, and he sees them both, and they stop fighting. Yeah, and then it cuts to years later, and John C. Riley and this guy became best friends apparently, yeah. and they just lived on this island with the indigenous people. And like just lived harmoniously, and they explained that Kong is—he was part of a family. He was the youngest, and his entire family was killed by the skull crackers that live under skull crawlers. Skull crawlers. Yeah, that's what he calls them. Yeah, yeah I can't remember. Uh, but the massive one killed his family, and then went into hibernation after eating them. And so he is forever the guardian. But he's not even full grown, and he's mm. massive in this. Apparently, he's going to get even bigger. Yeah, because he is just a baby at this point. Just left on his own, so he gets bigger and bigger. Um, and John Goodman reveals that he knows about kaiju. 
He's mm. heard about these monsters, so he touches on the idea that there are others in the world. Yeah. And it's all, it's all awesome. I won't ruin the ending because there is so much, there is a lot going on. The problem is you don't need Tom Hiddleston, Brie Larson. You don't need them. I think the army guys, John Goodman being like a general would be better yeah. rather than being what he is, like a documentarian. Um, with the thing with Tom Hiddleston and Brie Larson, they're great actors. They're fantastic in so many films. In this, Tom Hiddleston just gets to be generic, good-looking guy who's like, don't touch that, that'll kill you. Don't do that. I guess I'm going to have to put this gas mask on and get the samurai sword and kill some stuff. And, like, that's it. And, you know, you got Toby Kimmel. Yeah. He plays he plays both Kong and he's also a soldier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he is on his own for a lot of the film. He just sits there, like, no trying to communicate it. with people. No, he sits there and he's monitoring what Kong does. And he's the person who sees like Kong like fights a monster. He couldn't be at the same time because he's Kong as well. Yeah, but he's he's <laughs> he's sitting there. He's like monitoring Kong, and you see Kong see him, and he's just like, "Fuck it, you're not bothering me. Get on with life." Um, and he's it's not just, pretty it's, enough for Kong. Kong likes Kong likes blonde ladies. Kong likes Naomi Watts. Mm. Um, but it's it's a really good film. Mm. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to go into too spoilery. I think there are a lot of shortcomings in it, but the monster on the monster on monster, monster action is clear. Everyone knows bits, monster monster action. The bits where Kong does attack the people, it does what it needs to do. It, it, it disorientates you because you don't initially see Kong and then you see him and you see flashes of his face. You don't see his size or anything. You just see him like beating up the... And then you see his size and then you see what he, how powerful he is. Um, and it's just... It's really, really cool. I really enjoyed it. I, I would say it's not perfect. It's nowhere near perfect. Yeah, but it's just like a big dumb action movie. Sort of, Yeah. yeah. It's it's got a few more layers than you'd expect from a normal dumb action movie. Like the idea of the there being a reason that specifically those bombs being dropped causes him to be angry. Mm. The reason it riles him up and stuff like that is nice. Um, there's a mid credit scene in which you see just some cave paintings, and it's got a picture of Godzilla. Yeah, Dave, Dave said he couldn't tell that the cave paintings were meant to be Mothra, King Ghidorah. No, they're not very oh, clear. Right. They're not great. They are like just. He said, "Oh, I don't know what that is. Don't know what that is. Oh, it's Godzilla." Yeah. I'm like, come on, man. It's got yeah. free heads. You see the free heads and stuff. Yeah, yeah no, come on. Um, but yeah, like you, I'm a massive fan of Godzilla. Mm. I love the Godzilla films. My favourite is the first one mm. because that film is perfect. Yeah. There's not much else you can really, really say in regards to that. It's it, That's a Tom Atkins film right there. But this, this is more... I'd say that this is more uh, a Brad Pitt you know, it doesn't always hit the notes, but it's always a good good time. Yeah, everyone loves Brad Pitt. He like it when he takes his shirt off in um, it's pretty hot, isn't Thelma it? Louise. He's very sexy in that film. Yeah. And then he rubs Gina Davis. Yeah. I love Gina Davis. Yeah. I'm kind of into Susan Sarandon. Mm. Do you mean they kiss? Be. What, in, they do in Thelma Louise, don't they? I don't think they kiss like Kiss Kiss. Oh, mm. probably off camera. <sighs> I'd like to see that director's commentary. Mm. That sentence mm. is making any sense. Yeah. I'm going to buy a pink kiss too. Your oh. review, Ant! Um... Nah. Nah? Oh, I watched Legion's finish now. Is it? Yeah. Did you watch the last episode? Yeah. How was it? Yeah, it's really, 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 really good. Is it good, Zig? Ah. It's... Like, they managed to maintain the weird, trippy craziness the whole series without it feeling wrong. It like... You are my future. Um, so, Legion... I spoke about the first episode a while ago. I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. I want to see more. And they did. They did seven more. There was eight episodes in total. Yep. Um, It's kind of cool because it's like its own little Elseworlds X-Men thing going on. All right. It sits in its own weird timeline. Um, it's got a couple of tiny little references to Professor Xavier and stuff dotted yes. throughout it. 
Um, but it's just like content to spend like two episodes on one scenario and just like fully play out the whole thing. Like like multiple episodes take place entirely in people's heads, which is like weird. Um, but it's full of like really charismatic, interesting characters and like crazy concepts being thrown around and like like half the show's in slow motion, but mm-hmm. there's lots of like really neat moments. It feels like a show that's been made because they wanted to make that show that way and doesn't feel like they had to, you know, cut down on swear words or something. They or were violence. catering. Like, yeah, they got to make the film, the show they wanted to make. Um, there was a really cool kind of funny sort of post-credits moment on it they chucked in at the end of the series to hint at what season two is going to be about. I heard about this. It was funny. Hmm. Um, and it's nice to see, like, you know, bloody what's-his-face from Dan Flight Stevens. of the Concords. Oh, Jermaine yeah. Clement. Yeah, there's a brilliant bit in episode seven where Dan Stevens is in his head. Mm. Um, he's been trapped inside a coffin in his own head. Um, and um, the demon, that's the mutant that's got his... Because his, his ultimate... Um, all his personalities in this series, it turns out uh, one mutant called Farouk messing with his mind. Um, Al- Almar Farouk is like... He crops up a couple of times. He's called the Shadow King in X-Men. That's the name he's more probably known by. Yeah. Um, he's the multiple personalities okay. in, in his head even the dog like even the little dog that he kept claiming was an imaginary friend when he was a kid that everyone thought was an imaginary friend was Farouk in his head alright um, messing with him so Spoilers. so <laughs> wait so the per- the multiple personality part of this series like is another mutant in his head who exists as just purely as a sort of on the astral plane as it were like his body's probably long deserted and dead. He can skip from one person to another, and he's basically stuck in David because David's like the most powerful mutant he's ever come across. Yeah, and he wants that power for himself. And his ultimate goal is to erase David and take over. Um, huh. But there's, yeah, there's like a brilliant bit where he's like trapped inside a coffin inside his brain. A brute's trapped him mm. inside a coffin in the astral plane. And um, when he's in there, like David looks over and there's another version of him there, but this one's talking in the British accent. And it's Dan Stevens doing his real <laughs> accent, and there's a sequence where he's they've gone to a uh, like a he's like taking him to a um, like a, um, one of those places colleges where they got the big old blackboards and everyone sits around whatever yeah, the American yeah. college class is like, and he's trying to work out his past mm. and he's trying to figure out what what it is Farouk wants and all this mm. sort of stuff, and he's drawing on the board about oh my daddy must have you know put me up for adoption. He draws like a bald headed daddy as if he knows like that Xavier's his dad. He doesn't know Professor Xavier obviously, but he just draws him as a bald guy. Interesting. Um, draws his mum with hair, but not the daddy. So it's not like an artistic choice. He just yeah. draws a bald headed guy. Um, and he figures out, oh, someone must have been after him. He wants him for revenge yeah. and all this sort of stuff. Um, and it's all animated and stuff. And while he's doing that, he keeps mock. He tries to mock the British version of him by doing a fake British accent. So you've got Dan Stevens doing an American accent, doing a fake British accent. And it's just like absolutely like brilliant weirdness. Um, mm. Jermaine Clement's great in it. Like, I love Jermaine. He always is. He's like a cool 60s cat. Like sitting completely out of time with everything because like the show doesn't have a time zone. Mm. It's weird. Like some technology, they got flat screen TVs, but then there's like, you know, all the carpets are like 1970s beige circles and yeah, all this sort of weird stuff. And Jermaine Clement's character, he's been stuck in a coma for 20 years. Like he's been just living, living in the astral plane, mm-hmm. but he's dressed like he's in the 1960s. And he's like talking about being a cool cat. And he can't remember much stuff. He's just trying to figure that stuff out. I really like this groovy tune I've got playing. Yeah. 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 I love the... We're um, going to form a barbershop quartet. Yeah. <laughs> I w- I'm up to episode five. Yeah. So I've seen Jermaine Clement 
So your goes, episode ends just when they're about to get shot and yeah. it goes whoomph and suddenly they're it's, in the therapy. It, episode finds finds the one where it's revealed that when the camera's on him, hmm. the infrared camera, it shows the it shows the um the fat, horrible demon. Yeah. Um but yeah, I really like Jermaine Clement in that series. Yeah. It's like, hey, anything you want to be real can be real here. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. I like it. It's a bit chilly. Yeah. Yeah. I can't fix the heat. It's the only thing I can't work out. But um, yeah, it's awesome. Um, we're looking forward to more of that. So Hopefully they've, they've they... made him a full-on hero, then. Yeah, sort of. He's yeah. he's dark and stuff, and he's got like he's definitely like learnt how to use his powers now, and that's where it's at. Yeah, I I, I got a sinister vibe when he started um, making a place where him and the the woman could be together. Yeah, yeah. I started getting a weird vibe from it then, mm. like the idea that he would trap someone in a place like that. Well, he can do if he wants yeah. to, but there's, there's, it's like he's got stuff going on. But I don't because in the comics he's just basically like a super angry guy who in the comics, he's not necessarily bad. He's he just is. he's like the most he's the most powerful psychic. This is why I, I said about the backstory before. Like he used to switch bodies into other mm. people and use their consciousness, shut off their control of the body, and then but have it so that their consciousness still felt pain. And then he would use his powers to manipulate the body and start changing it so it looked like him again. Yeah. And then wear it out. But he would make it so that the consciousness that was actually in the body, the original consciousness, would feel all the pain of the bones breaking. Well, maybe he's going to get the idea from Freak. Resetting and changing. Maybe. I mean, that's a possibility. But it seems like they are taking more in a hero vein. Mm. And I think that's that's fine. That's fine. The problem yeah, with having, they can do what they want with the yeah. show now. Like the, the way with, it's done, fine. Just the problem go. I always have with psychics are that um, in in comics they're always good mm. psychics are always good they can always see the best in people they can always see deep into the soul of people whereas people that manipulate things like metal and stuff like that are always bad yeah you know? and um and and i find that you know that's fine that's what they do to work because it's it's the fist versus the hand versus yeah, the mind, mind sorry yeah. yeah um so it's a fist versus words and that's that's how it's always been isn't it the powerful always try to overthrow whilst the intelligent always try and communicate develop. yeah that's the idea yeah come up a better way and that's that's you know that's why it was so interesting when he was a villain in the comics, and that's why I liked it so much. But it's, you know, now they're moving away from it, I have no problem with that. Yeah, it is like it's unrelated to the comics; it's yeah. its own thing. Yeah, but um, it's it's great show. I'm gonna finish watching it, and then I'll probably review it next yeah. time. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, you review toss face. I'm gonna review Logan. No, I watched that ages ago. I know you did, like three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna review Logan, which is a superhero movie about an old man. Just trying to make his way on the seas. It's basically Captain Ron, isn't it? <laughs> Captain, Captain Ron. Yeah, it's basically Captain Ron. He's Kurt Russell. Mm. Um, it's an interesting film, Logan. It's uh, it doesn't feel like a it doesn't feel it's it feels like Mad Max again. Yeah, it's his own thing. Yeah, it yeah. feels like Mad Max again. Well, Mad so. Max felt like just getting back to Mad Max after years away. No, Mad Max... Pretending Thunderdome never happened. It, Mad Max felt <laughs> like someone was like, I really want to make Mad Max. I want to make the most operatic action yeah. film ever. I want, to make, I want to make Mad Max as I wanted to make it back then, but mm. didn't have the budget. And so it's yeah. like, yeah, here you go. It's like, all right, cool, made it, done. Yeah. Um, whereas this feels like, I want to make an X-Men film, but I want to make it serious. I also want to make it the most fucking depressing thing you've seen in a little while. Yeah, it's yeah. it's what it's that's why I described it as was like you know the comics where they just let a writer make their own story. Yeah, like it's the Dark Knight Returns to eighties Batman. Yeah, like you know, but it's it's good. Yeah, like, there's not fantastic. There are issues with it. Hmm. Like there, I still have issues with CGI young Hugh Jackman. I thought that was good cool. 
It looked fine, but like you know how you know how you could tell when you could it tell wasn't really young Hugh Jackman. He was just Hugh Jackman, like not being drunk and a mess. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> um, I like liked... what Hugh Jackman would, not what Wolverine would look like if he wasn't poisoned and falling liked... apart. Like peak performance, Wolverine. Yeah, I liked the way that Hugh Jackman did the opposite of what he's done for every film they've done, mm. and and he still worked out. You could still see like he was yeah. massive in the arms. But god damn it, he does not look like Hugh Jackman looks in any other film I've ever seen him yeah. in. He's like got the saggy man tits, he's got the slightly big gut. Yeah, props to him for working two different physiques in the same film. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, that... I don't know if he... I think the other Wolverine, I think that was someone else, and they just digitally... You reckon? Yeah, I don't think it was... Because there's no... No one would put that strain on their heart at the age of 50 Hugh almost. Jackman would. Not at the age of 50 almost. You shouldn't. <laughs> they wouldn't have insured him ever. His real name's Hugh Jacked Man. Like... <laughs> But I like. I think X twenty three wasn't well developed. I don't think X twenty four was well developed. But how could they? It's only a film. It's only an hour and a half. Hour oh, and I liked X twenty three. She was lovely, and you felt she pain for her. Kid. She gets a fucking harpoon through the chest in one bit, and you're yeah. like, Jesus Christ! This film shooting harpoons through small yeah. children's chests and dragging There's them. There's a scene the where they're taking skin off of her with anesthesia and letting her yeah. grow back. It's fucking grim. Yeah. Um, uh, Patrick. Patrick uh, Stewart. Yeah, it's fucking, fucking amazing. Sir Patrick cool. Stewart is amazing. Yeah. Um, Stephen Merchant as Caliban. Yeah, I actually felt I really his Devonshire accent and everything. Felt so fucking bad for him in a couple yeah. of scenes. Like this one was essentially people being tortured. Yeah, and then finally just being like, "Tell you what, I'm going to stab this dude." It's like all those years of like, Wolverine going, everyone around me gets hurt and killed. Like, yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, it just really, just keeps happening. Little kid just got harpooned through the chest. Yeah, that's that's on you, buddy. How I like the is, Reavers. This is well, I don't like the Reavers, but I don't like the Reavers. I love that they had the Reavers in a Fox Marvel film, though. And they were like cybernetic and shit. But I don't like the fact that they weren't really like the Reavers. They were still mostly gooey people, you know. Mm. I'd like it if um, I'd like it if Hugh Jackman had a few scenes where he was stabbing people and like pulled it away, and there's like motor oil, and he stabs another person, and there's blood, yeah, and like cuts someone's head off, and there's like their jaw is still going like a machine, like there's like sparks yeah. and stuff, but there's also blood. You know, I'd like that, but the Reavers aren't the Reavers as I know them from the comics. But yeah. that's nitpicking. That isn't that doesn't ruin it for me. No, no, it's still a great film. Like I like as you said last time, aptly said, there's a scene in which he's in a fight. And he, like, his claws come out and one claw isn't going properly. Yeah. So he grabs it and he sort of pulls it out. Yeah. And he cuts his hand and there's blood dripping down. Yeah, I cut my hand last night on a knife. That that was fun. <laughs> it, it's not fun. That that little cut on my finger. Yeah. That hurt. I still carried on eating, like, cutting the bagel afterwards, but I was very careful. You did it cutting a bagel? Yeah, I was slicing through a bagel. Did you use my really sharp knife? I used the bread knife. Ah. You know the one that's got serrated and the blades yeah, on yeah, yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad move, bad move. That's yeah. a dangerous blade. Um, yeah. There are like I'm hardcore. <laughs> That's a full centimetre of cut. I can see. Um, <laughs> stop showing your wounds. Um, I'll show you my gash. <laughs> SJWs. Uh, there was. There's like. There's a sense that someone wanted to end this here. Hmm. You know? It feels like a film that was made with a purpose. Yeah. And not just like, to fill an obligation because like there was a, a date. Journey. And it's crazy it's directed by the same guy who did The Wolverine. Because if your first introduction to James Wangold's film was The Wolverine. But didn't he do Little Children or Little People? He did friggin' Free Tender Humour. Ah, that was a good film. Yeah. James Mangold's a legit director. Yeah. But with The Wolverine, he got handed a film that was halfway through production and he had to just make it. I didn't mind The Wolverine, though. It's all right. It shits the bed at the end. Yeah. Like 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 Silver Samurai. And it it feels like another X-Men film. Yeah. Just slightly more violent. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Logan. It's good. It's a good film. I don't... I, I got annoyed with the Doctor 
the hospital scene where the doctor's like oh he's like amazing he's meeting a mutant no 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 like he's like oh someone's poisoned you why don't you go and seek some help from someone who'd know more about this hmm. and Wolverine just dismisses it like no I'm gonna die yeah I'm but he's poisoned die. by the adamantium that's what's killing him. Is that what's killing yeah. him? Yeah, it's so because you know his um, healing factor is held back by the adamantium because it's constantly fighting it. Yeah, because he's getting older and his healing factor is slowing down uh, slightly. The adamantium's now poisoning his body, and that's what was killing him. Uh, yeah, missed. probably should have got it all removed by that Japanese guy who wanted it. Yeah, well, I don't know why he still has the adamantium after Days of Future Past. Who cares? Who who gives a shit? It doesn't make shit. any sense for him to still go through the Weapon X program, does it? But he's still there because at the end of the shit Days of Future Past, it's not William Stryker. It's actually. Uh, mystique yeah but then in the following X-Men film they forgot about that and it was William Stryker that no, William Stryker no. just woke up one day and went oh, I've got Wolverine oh cool alright yeah. Weapon X program like it was it was played off in Days of Future Past sort of like Mystique was making sure that timeline was restored but she wouldn't know that no I thought that she was trying to avoid that happening like she know. was trying to stop him from going in there I don't know this seems fucking stupid doesn't it yeah. The X Men timeline is pretty fucked. It's bullshit. That's probably it's worse than the Zelda timeline. That's probably what's poisoning him. It's not yeah. the adamantium. It's the timeline. Yeah, Marty, you've got to come with me. Wolverine's being poisoned by robots. How old would Caliban be in 2029 when he's in his like late twenties in like the um, X Men Apocalypse? That's a good question. Yeah, he's got to be like sixty or something. Yeah, Steve Merchant wasn't playing sixty. No, no, but again, like mutants, don't they age slower as well? There's like a thing about that. That's comic book lord rules, isn't it? So yeah. they don't have to draw them older. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So they don't have to change them. So Cyclops can be 78 years old and still kicking beasts' ass. Yeah. But um, yeah, Logan, it's it's a mixed bag, but it's mostly good. I'm going to give this one to Julianne Moore as well. Mm. Yeah, I feel like yeah, I it. I don't think it's a Tom Atkins. It's not superb. I think it's a beautiful film. It's very nice looking. It's a great the I love way it works. just stuff like nothing goes right for Wolverine the whole way through. Like he tries to drive through a fence and gets stuck <laughs> yeah. on the fence. Yeah. Like and any then, other and film. Kills someone with it. <laughs> yeah, drags yeah. him along yeah. the floor. Kills yeah. someone with it because by what? Yeah. yeah, it's it's not perfect. Hmm. It's never it was never gonna be. But it's also not quite as at the place I want it to be. You know. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it though. I loved it. Hmm. What are you looking at now? I thought you had a Wii U Pro controller then, but it's a Wii. Yeah, it's because it's a Wii. I haven't brought controllers for the Wii U. Who buys controllers for the Wii U? you got to just stick with the bloody one it comes with. Gamepad. Uh, it's only for playing Zelda on now. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um. Right. My last review, yeah? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Well, gits. I saw Ghosts in the Shell. <laughs> um, no, you didn't. You watched, you watched the new <laughs> film with the title Ghosts in the Shell. Yeah, no, it's Ghosts in the Shell. It's... Like, Ghost of the Shell actually came away from it quite, quite happy with it. Um, it's like, like there's there's a feeling on it that it's made by people who genuinely love the anime and the whole universe of it. And they've gone to great lengths to make sure that it looks and feels like Ghost in the Shell in a lot of ways. Um, and part of that is making sure you've got an actress like Scarlett Johansson in the film to guarantee a $120 million budget it needs. Sexy Johansson. You could have you could have done Ghost in the Shell with a much lower budget, but it wouldn't look like the future. Like, you'd have to have done that whole, it's the future, but there's just a couple of funny-looking signs around, and maybe the augment, you know, the um, future technology people have got isn't as flashy. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole world in this feels like another world. It's like genuinely, there's like a baseball stadium that's turned into a, cre- a, a cemetery with like the stands where people would sit are graves. Yeah. Like all the way up the stands and stuff like that. Um, 
but the basic story is that she's been given a new body. She's somehow died. Um, and she's told that, well, she remembers that she was a refugee and she drowned. And they, you know, rebuilt her from that. Yeah. Um, and then she's a weapon made by the Hanker organization. That's what they want her for. They put her into a department called Section 9, which is like a criminal investigation unit, mainly deals with like enhanced people fighting crimes and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she goes out to find out who she really is. There's a terrorist who opens her ideas out that she maybe she isn't who she thinks she is. Um, like, a lot of flack was thrown in this film because they cast Scarlett Johansson mm. as Major Motoko Kusanagi. Um, I'm sort of in two minds about how they handle this in the film because they actually do handle it head on. Because um, it turns out yeah. that she was a Japanese person called Motoko Kusanagi before she... Spoilers. Yeah, before before she died and became the major. Um, but it's like, on the one hand, I'm like, you've probably made it worse. Yeah. But on the other, hats off to you for trying, <laughs> uh, for actually addressing the whitewashing and yeah. not just go, like, you're actually going, yeah, we know. Like, um, so, you know, hats off from that. There's like, there's not much to really bother me about the film, though. It, it follows a nice slow pace as it moves along, as she's investigating stuff. It feels like a cybercrime drama, like a cyberpunk movie. Like, definitely, they're obsessed with Blade Runner. Like, there's so many little things in this film. But it's like, just every single shot of the film feels like it's set in another world. Like, when they go to a nightclub, it feels like a nightclub in another world. Yeah. Um. There's, like, all the extras walking around. They all have something going on with them. And I don't mean, like little stick-on plasters that look like a bit of metal on the side of their head. They'll have, like, giant CGI fishbowls around their head showing videos and news feeds. Or there'll be a guy at a butcher's chopping something up and he's got a robot arm with a cleaver attached to it. <laughs> and it's not like a robot rubber arm. It's like a CGI yeah. effect. Um, the roads all have, like, the paint markings on the roads are digital and they're, like, holographic, like, moving along. So there's arrows that are animating along the ground and crossings, when the crossings change, the arrows change direction on the ground that's like that's little tiny details they didn't have to add all the cars don't look like they've just taken regular cars and stuck things on them they look like they've taken the whole shell off and built a new like futuristic looking car shell to it like there's one that looks a bit like a DeLorean but it's just all angular and stuff but it feels like a ghost in the shell DeLorean um for fans of the anime, there's a whole bunch of little tiny things in there. Like, if you really love it, you'll notice, like, that you see one bit where a woman's typing on a keyboard and her fingers have split off into, like, ten pieces. Yeah, she's I've not seen ty- that. Yeah, she's not typing any faster than someone without that could type, though. I, I was watching her thing- her word count. She's probably only hitting about 50 words per second, for- per minute there. Like, not good enough. Um, get a better secretary, basically, I'd say. Um but I, it, like I say, I, I, I'm a sucker for a beautiful looking film and a sucker for a film with a strong character. And Power Rangers had strong character, and this is beautiful looking. I think Power Rangers is pretty nice looking. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit blue. Yeah, it's very blue. <laughs> um, but Ghost in the Shell's like surprisingly well made. Um, there's a couple of things I want to like. There's no Tachikomas in it. You know, the little bug robot things. You know, the little bug tank things that oh, they yeah, control yeah, yeah, in yeah, the yeah, PS1 yeah, yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. The that, PS1 game. Yeah, that everyone on YouTube is now reviewing as if they've always been a fan of that Which game. Which is weird. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember I, I I remember seeing a review for that game, like, God, when it came out when I was younger, because it was on Game yeah. Station or something. I love that game. I've got it. I went out of my way to buy that game. I, I'm not a fan, but... It's, it's a weird game. It's great. Yeah, it's very and weird. And it's got uh, Ghost in the Shell animated stuff before Standalone Complex happened. Good on them. 
Um, but I, I mean, I'm not a fan of standalone complex too much. It bored me to tears, and um, which probably heresy for a lot mm. of people. And Ghost in the Shell: Innocence, like, I didn't think much of that film. I couldn't get into any of that stuff. Yeah. I only, I, I like the original. Yeah, the original was a masterpiece. Fantastic, but uh... um, there's like there's little things in this that bug me though. There's um. The, you know the opening sequence that was online last year, the shelling sequence? Yeah. Um, it's been in the film, it's re-edited and set to different music, but it's Clint Mansell, Clint Mansell did the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, the music they use follows the same chord progression as the original music, which is called Making of Cyborg. So like the, uh, yeah, it's got the same chord progression, but it's really subtle. Mm-hmm. And then as it builds up to the final part mm-hmm. of that, it starts working in actual samples from that tune. Huh. So I think it was one of those things where the studio were like, this tune's too weird to put on the opening credits. We want you to do something more Clint Mansell. Yeah. And he was like, well, I'm going to make it happen. Um, but it's definitely, it doesn't feel as good as that original, that clip that went out last year. Yeah. You know, the one that was filmed off camera. It looked beautiful and it fit the music perfectly. Um, and it's, it's edited different. It doesn't have the, the shot of... Um, Major's eyes opening, all the things spinning around her. Mm. It's all like cut differently. The bit where the colours are all flashing is slowed down so people don't get epilepsy. Yeah. Because um, it's, it's Japan and they have a history of giving people epilepsy <laughs> with their entertainment. Go, go, Power Rangers. Uh, Pokemon, man. Pokemon? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, the, the Electro episode. The Porygon episode. Oh, Porygon. Yeah, Porygon's never been in Pokemon since in the animated series. Um, but I was, I was super impressed by it. Um, it doesn't feel like a big summer blockbuster film. No. Like there's. There's only one like massive set piece where shit's blowing up all over the place, and that's the finale. Um, it does have little shots that are like shot for shot taken from the anime, which I mm. liked. Like um, Major chases a guy in the trench coat who's got the camouflage into the water, and he spins around and fires his gun. It's like an anime shot where he spins around his coat's out, and it's just like, like a lot yeah. of water. I've seen that. That's in the yeah. trailer. It's yeah. spot on, like perfect mm. sort of recreation, and it's it's made with love. It's made by the guy who made Snow White and the Huntsman, Rupert something or the other. Oh, the guy who shagged. Um- yeah, because it's Stuart. Yeah. <laughs> well done. Um, <laughs> well, it's a bit mean, because yeah. she was with... She was with... No, um, he, she oh, was with Robert Pattinson, and he was married. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, go. effects works great in this film. There's loads of practical effects as well, I was quite impressed with. Like, See, that's that's something that I enjoy. I yeah. like practical effects in films, especially nowadays when they're so rare. It's all simple stuff. It's like the, um, the geisha maids. They're like companion robots. Mm. Um, they're actually like people in costumes. All right. Like until their face splits open and their arms and legs well, go in possible angles. Well, even when the face splits open, it looked like it was just a. Oh, that was no, that was a puppet. I've seen the actual yeah, puppet. That's what I was going to say. Um, there's like a vinyl. Yeah, yeah, but it's quite cool. And they made sure that when they're walking around, there's like a clinky clacky noise because they're supposed to be ceramic. Mm. Um, but there's all sorts of like nice. Are they stuff. sex bots? Do people sex them? Probably the companion bots. They call them that. All oh, right, so yeah, um, there's definitely some sexy. There's some other stuff as well where it feels like they that's cut the film apart. down to make it a PG thirteen twelve certificate. Um, in the original trailer, when she's running along the wall shooting guys, you can see blood flying out of them. That's yeah. not in the film. There's no blood at all. Oh, really? In that bit, yeah. Oh, fuck. Um, and there's I like... I didn't realise it was a 12. I thought it was a 15. No, it's a 12. I reckon there's going to be a long, uh, slightly extended cut. Oh, yeah. There's um, going to be... Is this a Warner Brothers film? Can't remember. Because it was a Warner Brothers film. I think film, it was then. Warner Brothers. I think yeah. Warner Brothers owned the rights to go to I the think show. this is... But I think they licensed it out to someone else to make If it's Warner Brothers, then mm. what will happen is you'll get the... the extended edition. Yeah. Yeah. You'll get that'll be that'll the, be the Justice League films two hours fifty minutes long. Well, that's apparently it's it's not finished editing and stuff yet, uh, so it could be shorter. That's, that's the final just, runtime, apparently. No, 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 it's not. Uh, it's not been said yet. But they, um, they haven't some editing. There's also they've cut out where she kisses the woman, but the whole sequence didn't really need it because basically she can't feel anything. Mm. Her body can't feel anything, so she get picks up a prostitute. She makes sure she's human first and tells her to tell her what like touching her face feels like and stuff like that. 
Um, and she's like, what are you? And that's where the scene ends. Um, but the whole point is that is that Major's trying to vicariously live through someone who can yeah. feel. Why can't she feel? I feel like that's something they could add in there. Probably not a good idea when you're a weapon. You don't want them crippling in pain when they get shot. I know, but you don't. You don't need to have pain receptors, but you could have feelings. Yeah, I suppose sensations and stuff. Yeah. But I think they just cut them off entirely. I think they wanted to be as cold as possible. But but she's why clinging onto being a human. Yeah, because they're better controlled than they're better at reacting to things and making judgments than AI is. Oh right, so yeah, yeah it's, not it's that whole thing. Yeah, like, and they keep give they give her a drug that's supposed they tell her is stop making sure her brain doesn't reject the artificial body, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's actually just stopping your memories. Mm, maybe, but um, I I thought it was, was a Legion damn fine film. Legion, not Legion. Um, what's the name of the the virus that's we are many? The no, no, that's there. not that's from Standalone Complex, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, the Laughing Man virus. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, but I I think it's a damn solid film. Like mm. this couple of questionable things, some like. Other than those bits where I could where I could tell they've cut something to keep it a PG thirteen, it's only minor stuff that wasn't necessary. Yeah, I'm fine with films not having blood and guts in them. Right? I'm I'm up and down on it. Cause it depends I if it suits it. Yeah, that's my problem. like RoboCop without blood makes no sense. Yeah, because yeah. like RoboCop, the reason that they that they couldn't save his body is because it was just fucking shot to shit. Yeah, in the new film, he's just like, well, you may not see. Uh, I mean, he's fucked in the film, but he's like he's burnt. Yeah, no, no. They it's not around, like they turn around. And they say like, it's not as malicious. He might get his vision yeah. back. You know, he might never walk again. It's all they're all like their plight, and then they just like cut his hand off, cut his face off, brain in the jar. Fuck it, done. Yeah, which it, it made it, it marred the film with this idea that she willingly let him be the subject of a test that, as far as she knows, would only benefit him having a robot body. He wouldn't be human anymore. She knew yeah. that. It was yeah. weird. It's a very yeah. strange movie. Yeah. Ghost in the Shell tackles similar things, I guess. Ghost in yeah. the Shell is basically Japanese Robocop, isn't it? Yeah. Wasn't there a film called Japanese Robocop or Chinese Robocop? Uh... With the woman? I think people call it Chinese Robocop for a laugh. But um, anyway, Ghost in the Shell. It's alright. It's pretty decent. It's I say it's on the level of Power Rangers for me, where it's like flawed but fun. Like, And I appreciate the craftsmanship that went into it, because yeah. Jesus fucking Christ, it looks... Someone cared. It looks amazing. At least one but, person cared. Yeah. But, um, yeah, give it a watch. Okay. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. it sounds good. It sounds awesome, actually. Oh, the making of Cyborg music that should have been on the Shadow Sequence does play on the end credits. So oh, cool. at least it's there. So it's still... There the music's still... synthy and weird, like 1980s Robo Blade Runner. I tell you, it's a love up to Blade Runner. I love synthy. Weird, even yeah. played the Blade Runner teaser before the film. For yeah, you said, yeah, said before. Which is nice. Mm. Yeah. Really Your last review, you penis. Uh, my last review this month is going to be Super Mario Run. Oh, no. For the Android. Oh, you saved the big ones for the finale. For the, yeah. for the Android. Yeah. Well, it was either this or Wonderful 101. Wonderful 101 is great. It's, yeah, it's all right. It's, <laughs> it's not Pikmin as good as superheroes. Not as good as Pikmin. <laughs> no. Nowhere near as good as Pikmin. And also, yeah. I feel like it's marred by controls that Nintendo wanted. Oh, yeah. Because you've got, like... I'm not going to review Wonderful 101 this yeah, week. Shut up I'll do it at another 101. point. But there's a, there's a thing where you have to hold a trigger and then draw a picture. Oh, yeah. Using the joystick. And... No, that's not that's not a good idea. No. <laughs> that's never a good idea. You have a touchpad fucking device, and you go to someone, just draw with the, joy- <laughs> the joystick on your right thumb. Fucking stupid. Anyway, no, that's besides the point. That's not what I'm going to get into. Um, so, Super Mario Run, very simple. It's been around for a little while now. It's just a... a well, it's not an endless runner. It's a course runner, which you control Mario, you jump. Yeah, it's like a slide. challenge course thing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. You jump, slide. You know, it's the first Nintendo... Do you mobile. kick punch while it's all in your mind? Yeah. It's the <laughs> nice proper rapper reference. Yeah. Um, it's the second Nintendo game for Android because Fire Emblem has already come out. 
and there's Mitomo. That's not a game. Game. It's not a game. It's, it's a, a social social media thing. thing. Do you remember that? I got a thing on Facebook today. It was like a picture, and it was like my me and Ducks Ahoy's me stood in in Italy, and I was like, "Well, I didn't make that when I was in Italy. That was like five years ago." I'm like, oh, Mitomo. Shit. Yeah, that was it. So weird. A year ago, I forgot about it. <laughs> so weird. Anyway, but but yeah. So um, it's <laughs> it's simple. It's a Nintendo game. It's got all their flourishes. One of the things that I don't think Nintendo understand is free to play. Well, they didn't do it as a free to play game, is it? They sort of treat it as a demo, and then you buy yeah. the full game. And then you buy a full game for a I tenner. Think you want to? F- I, I don't think there's any problem with any developer saying we want a certain amount of money. No, for no, our game, not at all. But mobile phone gamers are not the sort to do that. They want the game for free, and then they want to say, "I'm not paying for your game," while they pay twenty quid to get a costume for their character. Yeah, the thing that I find most interesting is the price point. It's eight quid, isn't it? Ten right? quid. Ten quid. That's all right for a decent game. They're adding to it, but it's it's a mobile game. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, that's what they don't like. The problem is that now all the 3ds owners out there, and there's millions of them, and 3ds and 3ds. Yeah, it could have been a 3DS, 3ds download game, couldn't it? Yeah, would have been perfect. For or that. just you know who's gonna who is gonna spend a ten on a mobile phone game mm. when batteries are getting worse anyway? Yeah, and you've got another device that has gaming has better games. And you can get something like Zelda. Might have a time. switch. There you go. You can spend a switch. You can spend a fiver on switch and get and get a, a mm. snipper clips. You could turn the switch vertical, hold the right Joy-Con. It's got the analog stick on the Super left. Mario run on the switch. I know. Um, people keep forgetting there's a touchscreen on that. Yeah. It, although apparently it's hardly any games have used it. It's yeah. a weird plastic touchscreen. Yeah, it's like. not glass. Yeah. They've just done plastic touchscreen. It's basically like mobile phones from about ten years ago. Yeah. Gross. Yeah, they'll change that to glass, I think, eventually. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, that's besides the point. Super Mario Run, it's a simple game. If you've played an, an endless runner, you know the formula. You've got a certain set of controls. You've got a complete course. There's a little bit of bonus in there. You can find stuff. There are bonuses available. Yeah. Um, all themed around Mario, so you've got stuff like Fire Mushrooms, shit like that. Nice. But it just it doesn't have enough. It's not something that I would pay £10 for. There's an Animal Crossing mobile phone game coming, isn't there? Yeah, there is, yeah. That'd be interesting. That'd be better. Because if you yeah. can, if it's even if it's like one of those Simpsons tap out things, yeah. Because you know, at least it's it better not be. You know, I just least... want a regular Animal Crossing game, but have it be something like, oh, do you want a design, a special design for your T-shirt? Here's a couple of quid to buy it. Have it free to play. Let you log in every day, do your little chores. Yeah, I mean, you could do. You know, that'd work with Animal yeah. Crossing. That'd work better than anything else. Collect your gold. Your gold's useless for pay. Pay back Tom Nook with your gold, but if you want anything good. Like and there's oh, games you could buy. We should play Animal Crossing, the board game again. Oh, well, um, <laughs> the one I told Slopes Game was the worst game on the Wii U. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. It's just <laughs> it's the fact that it, I think you were I think you were angry. It's not a good Fortune Street. I think you were angry about what happened oh, when we cheated. played it. I didn't cheat. You cheated. <laughs> no, the idea was that <laughs> you invested money, which is unfair. <laughs> I invested all of the money. Yeah, I was working towards load. happiness. I was making loads of money. And then you, at the end, it's just like, money can't buy happiness. But it does help. Yeah. It's happiness. Yeah. Oh, it was so damn good at Animal Crossing on the Wii. Animal Crossing. Wii U. What was the game name called? It was not Wild World. Uh, no, it was like Amiibo Festival. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I like that game. It's bullshit. <laughs> but yeah, you have Super Mario Run. Uh, it's like it, it's not an Adam Sandler, but it's definitely not. It's like a Scott Bakula. It's like it feels like something that Don't you would have played. Scott Bakula. It feels like something you would have played years ago. And when you're playing, it, you might jump into the body of John F. Kennedy. But you know, it's no, not... he jumps into the body of Lee Harvey Oswald. There you go, sorry. Uh, a special but, hour and a half long episode. It's just it's. 
I oh boy, Nintendo have just got themselves into an into a market where the most profitable thing that they can use is their IP. Yeah, you know the game doesn't matter. They should just chuck some NES games off of there, like a couple of quid each, and what like NES Remix that would have been good for. No, because Mobile? the problem with stuff like like a Wario a Wario game would be great. Oh, yeah, if yeah, you get yeah. Wario smooth moves on your phone, yeah. great, fantastic. People play that. Yeah. But they won't do that because then you can't buy it when the next phone comes out. Mm. You could you'd have it forever. They yeah. don't want you to have their games forever. <laughs> they want you to have their games for five minutes. But apparently, they're a bit miffed. They're a bit um, miffed about what to do because Mario Run didn't make as much money as Fire Emblem Heroes did. But they don't want to make games like Fire Emblem Heroes. It takes a lot of time. Well, they don't want to make games like Fire Emblem Heroes because it's a free to play game that like relies on microtransactions to work. They want people to pay for the games. Yeah, like because that's the thing. There's no people have no value on games. It's a race to the bottom. Mm. And it's like, if I made a game, I'd, I'd hate to release it on mobile phone as free to play. I'd want to make a proper thing that yeah, you pay for. I want to make something that people can play. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, it's just, yeah. Yeah, I don't like it. I say that while I'm playing, like, you know, free to play games on my phone because I refuse oh, to yeah, buy no, any. Oh, like, yeah, if I go through my phone, like, if I have a look. So let's have a look at some of the games that I've got on my have phone you actually right brought now. many games? I haven't. Well, I have. I've brought a couple, but they're not, like, things that I play on a regular basis. They're all things from ages ago. Like, Lego Batman, I got for 10p. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And, like, Infectionator, I bought, like, I bought the full unlock because I couldn't be able to play it all through again. I've got DC Legends. I've got Puzzle Quest. DC Legends is free to play. I've got Pathfinder Adventures. That cost me 10p. Mm -hmm. Bug Butcher. Bug Butcher's great. It is really good. And it's really good on phones. Yeah. 10p. It's Pang. It's modern Pang. Yeah. Pocket Mortys, I've got uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, Duel Link, yeah. Destinies. Have you got um, Skyforce remake that they did a few years back? No. There's a there's a version on PC you can buy now, which is like a proper, not free-to-play, like, full game. Yeah. Um, but Skyforce is one of the best free-to-play games on mobile phone. I don't have it's, it. It's like a top-down oh, shooter. Oh, yeah, but I don't play those. I, I prefer stuff that thing. has, like, a solid controls, like, in front. Oh, it does. It works really well. No, but I mean, like, I, I prefer games where I'm just, like, holding it like that. Yeah. yeah this one's like vertical, it. but it's, like, yeah. it's like the old, like, Ikaruga-type shooters. Yeah. But it's really good and really difficult. So, yeah, I've got Fire Emblem Heroes. I've got a, a Game Boy emulator. Oh, dear. Just because I wanted to play Resident it's Evil Gaiden. And I've got Mario Run and, and Infectionator, which I constantly I can get. only keep three things on my phone because I refuse to buy a memory card. Oh, I thought I offered you a memory card the other day. Don't I need an SD micro one. I yeah, I've got loads. Buy. I'll see if I've still got one sitting around. Uh, but yeah, in in terms of yeah, it's just yeah, yeah. Mario Run. You yeah. didn't buy it then. You didn't pay for the full amount. No, not going to pay a tenner for it. I just can't. I can't it'll go on sale it. one day. Well, yeah, it'll go on sale one day, but it'll be an N sixty four. It'll be a Nintendo sale, so it'll be like two quid off. Yeah, <laughs> it won't be like a proper. They'll sale. send you a code through your my Nintendo account for ten percent off. Yeah, yeah. use three hundred micro gold coins. Why can't I play Virtual Boy games yet? <laughs> I want to. No I want to play them. Play Virtual Boy. Games. I want to play Warrior. They're all awful. Warrior is apparently really good. Yeah, it gives you a headache though. Yeah, but you wouldn't need to get a headache anymore because they've got 3D technology that works. It doesn't even need to be 3D. What it's weird they didn't put any Virtual Boy games on the Game Boy 3DS on the, on the 3DS. Yeah, on that's what I mean. Like, yeah. why? Anyway, stupid. You done? Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. No, oh. done. Just fucking annoyed and tired and fed up. Oh, good. I'm glad. Next week I'll be product assessment for some company. <laughs> that's a Chandler Bing job, right? <laughs> Goodbye. Anyway, everybody, have a great time. As always, you can find me at Critapocalypse and at LV54 Space Monkey. I am still raising money for Batsy Cats at Dog's Home. I am going walking on May 22nd 
So feel free to donate. As always, there'll be a link or something. Possibly. Yeah. Smell you later. See you later, guys. Bye.